hey, it's hard to like honestly preach a bad sermon after a start to a service like that, honestly. I, I feel pretty good about the odds of us having a good experience here today uh, because we are celebrating lives that have been changed by Jesus. But I got to be honest with you, I think we're just on the tip of the iceberg here because when we talk about the, the topic that we're talking about today, the reality is, is that we all get to be a part of this process. Uh, and today when we say because of you, let me just say right out of the gate, we're talking about this reality today that we are able to accomplish all of the ministries that we do here at Crossroads because of you. Every single person who is willing to use their gifts and abilities to serve others in this body that we call the church, all of the ministries that happen here happen because of you. So how about this? Can we just give a huge round of applause to everyone who serves, volunteers their time here at Crossroads to make this happen? Because I'm telling you, lives are being changed because of you. Let's celebrate all of the kids that are here at Crossroads today who are being poured into. They're learning the Bible stories. They're learning that Jesus loves them because there are teachers pouring themselves into them. How amazing is that? We have students, our middle school students and our high school students. Let's give a shout out. Middle school and high school students, where are you at? Let me hear you today. That's what I'm talking about. I think that was some of you who were wishing you were still in middle school or high school joining in that ruckus. But I'm glad to hear the excitement for our students because, hey, that's the church of today. That's not the church of tomorrow. Our students are the church of today. And we are investing in our students. Man, the adults that are volunteering, giving their time to pour into the lives of our students are making a huge difference in their lives. They are facing these moments where they're making critical decisions that change the trajectory of their life. And we have the chance to speak into their lives in these moments. Our First Impressions team. Give it up for First Impressions team. What an amazing group of people. That's typically where all of your extroverts are, right? Like they have to talk to people all the time. They don't stop talking ever. Do you know that person? Are you sitting by that person? The extroverts, man, they love the First Impressions team and they're great at it. Welcoming people in, letting them know they're loved, creating an environment, an atmosphere that's welcoming and, and something where people can feel comfortable right out of the gate coming in and, and be ready to hear this message of hope that we're offering them in Jesus. What a great opportunity that is to set the tone and welcome people. We have our, our worship and tech arts. Let's get all the people with a musical ability to sing and to play their instruments, lead us in worship. All the people in the tech and the production area that do an amazing job every week. If you're looking for the introverts, that's where they are because all they have to do is, is look at a camera. That's a, the tech crew is amazing. They can sit in a circle of 10 to 15 people and not a word is spoken but they know what they're doing and they love each other. What a great team of people we have in worship and tech arts. And how about this, our Celebrate Recovery ministry. Man, the people that we have pouring into the lives of people who are making decisions to follow Jesus and whose lives are being changed right in front of our eyes. What an amazing ministry is. What an amazing opportunity that is to serve. And I just wanna challenge you today as we dive into these scriptures in Ephesians that we're looking at today. I just want to encourage you to make sure that you are not allowing any opportunities that God is wanting you to lean into, that you're not letting any of those opportunities pass you by. Because we have this one shot at life, right? This one life to live. And we have the opportunity to invest the time that God gives us in things that have eternal value. And the reality is he has created each and every one of us with gifts and abilities that he created us to use for him. And when we sit on the sidelines, we miss out 
on opportunities to be a part of what God is doing. And so as I invite you to involve yourself today in the life of the church, to use the gifts and abilities that God has given you to invest in eternity, I want you to hear this loud and clear right out of the gate today. I'm not asking you to do this so that we can, you know, plug the random holes that might need to be filled in different volunteer areas and different ministries throughout Crossroads. I'm asking you to involve yourself in the life of the church because that's what you were created for. And you are the one who's missing out if you're sitting on the sidelines. And I want you today to experience everything that God has for you. So just think about what it would look like for you to go all in and using the gifts and abilities that God has given you to invest in eternity. Let's talk about this for a moment. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, Paul writes this amazing scripture. He says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. And what an amazing gift that is. A gift that he's given us that we couldn't earn. A gift that we don't deserve. It's just because of the love that he has for us that we have this extraordinary gift from Jesus. He says, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. Think about that. You are his prized of all creation. You are a masterpiece. Turn to the person next to you today and say, you are a masterpiece. Go ahead, do it. First, you are a masterpiece. Now look the other way, say it to the other person. Everybody gets a chance to hear it. You are a masterpiece. And listen, if you're here today and you were sitting by that special somebody hoping for you know a spark to happen, you're welcome, because that was a great pickup line. You're welcome. That's all I have to say. I could not have created a better spot for you. You're a masterpiece. What? Thank you. See, I know that just happened. We'll have a wedding here in a few months because of this moment. (laughs) For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? This is important. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. How cool is that? You are God's prized possession. You are a masterpiece. You've been made by him. You've been made for him. He has specific things planned for you. He's given you gifts and abilities that he gave you with a plan from the beginning of time for you to accomplish by just engaging in the world around you and what he is doing. And the things that God wants to accomplish in you and through you are unbelievable. It is unbelievable the life that he has planned for you. It's on us to not hold back. It's on us to take those steps out of our comfort zone and draw close to him. And that's what I want you to think about today is what does that look like if I can prioritize this calling that God has placed on my life? Because I think when we recognize that, man, God has created me to do good things that he planned for me long, long ago. I have to make that calling on my life a high priority. I can't miss that because this matters. This priority is so important because it has eternal ramifications. When I invest in eternity with the gifts and abilities that God has given me, that is something that creates a ripple effect through all of eternity. We have no idea the generations of families that can be changed just because of our simple act of obedience, of using the gift and ability that God has given us. When I take my time and I say, I'm going to invest it by teaching kids Bible stories, which, by the way, people shy away from that, number one, because they're overwhelmed by kids, which I get. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I don't do well in rooms full of little kids. I just, I just don't. Uh, not my gifting. Uh, anybody else, please, God, anybody else. Uh, but we have people who've said, you know, boy, I love kids, but I just don't feel qualified to teach them the Bible because I don't know much about the Bible. And I'm sitting there going, no, 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 no. No one will ever know that you're learning those stories at the same time these kids are. <laughs> teach them the stories. Dive in. You don't have to have like a PhD in biblical studies to teach these kids. You can learn at the same time. It's amazing. Tell those kids that Jesus loves them. Teach them the stories. And you're learning as you go. It's amazing. What an amazing opportunity that is. But you have a chance to speak into a child's life. Man, that kid says yes to Jesus, it changes his life. When he grows up, become a person who becomes a parent, that changes their kids' life. Those decisions ripple through eternity. We all get to play a part in connecting people with Jesus. He invites us to be a part of that journey. And man, talk about fulfilling. Talk about life bringing. When you are using the gifts and abilities God has given you, that's where life is lived to the fullest. I would contend with you today, that's the difference between good, better, and best. I mean, if, when it comes to the church experience, right? Like, maybe you're joining us online today, or watching on TV, or wherever you are. That's good. I'm glad you're joining. That's fantastic. Thank you. Lean into what God is speaking in your life today. Draw close to him. I would say better is being right here in this room, in the community of believers, building relationships, making friendships that hold you accountable and encourage you in your faith. There's something about the gathering together where we worship together and we do that in community. That is a better experience. But I would contend with you that the best experience is involving yourself in the life of the church. You will by far get more out of this church experience by using the gifts and abilities that God gave you. And by the way, you'll be investing in eternity, making more of a difference than you could possibly know. So I just encourage you today to prioritize it. Maybe you've been involved. You've already been involved, and I just want to say it again. Thank you. It's because of you that lives are being changed, and God is moving and working in the life of this church. Thank you so much for living into the purpose and plan that God has for you. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines, I want to challenge you today, get in the game, because you're missing out. God has so much in store for you. I was just thinking about this uh, concept of one of the deadly sins uh, this last week, uh, this, the deadly sin of sloth. People don't really think about that as, as a deadly sin, right? It's, you know, greed, lust, pride, envy, wrath. Those are the big ones. And then coming off Thanksgiving, none of us want to talk about gluttony, but it's one of them. Um, I am really guilty of that over the last couple of days. Just, just throwing that out there. Uh, but sloth... Sloth is the deadly sin nobody really thinks about, and yet that's the one that I think in our culture today especially is destroying us. Because sloth at its core, I think a lot of times we just think of it as a sin, as just as pictured as a really slow animal, right? I'm just kidding. That's not how we think, but maybe, maybe that's how you think about it. Um, sloth, we just think about it as laziness, right? Like, oh, laziness, okay, it's, that's pretty obvious who the lazy people are. <laughs> Get a job. Uh, but no. That's not what we're talking about. Sloth is a very interesting sin because it, it, it sneaks into your life. Sloth, it doesn't really matter if you are indifferent to the things of God or apathetic or lazy or if you're completely on the other end of the spectrum, if you're completely fanatical about something. 
Sloth, it doesn't matter. It doesn't care where you are on that spectrum as long as the target that your life is aiming at is worthless. That's the killer. That's where sloth sneaks in and completely distracts us, takes us off of our focus of who God is and who he is calling us to become. That's why sloth is so deadly, because it distracts us, and we find ourselves investing all of our time in things that don't really matter. And if the devil can sneak into your life and and try to make you bad but fail, know this, if he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And that's what sloth is. It's just distracting us from this, this greater purpose that God has called us to. The target of my life, man, I might be all in and crazy about it, but it's worthless. And here in, in the local church, we have an opportunity to invest time using the gifts and abilities that God has given each and every one of us to invest in things that have eternal significance. Hey, don't let that pass you by. Man, it's incredible the things God wants to do in you and through you. So prioritize it. Don't miss out on what God has in store for you. It goes on to say in Ephesians 4, this is, this is good. Paul writes, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now this is important because really what Paul is writing is specific for me. It's, it's the job description of the pastor, right? Like that, that's what I'm supposed to do. So my responsibility is to equip God's people, show you, teach you how to live the life he's called you to do, and build up the church, the body of Christ, put you in position to do the things that God created you to do. So I think a lot of times the picture of the pastor is, oh, yeah, we have the pastor, so he does everything for us. It's great. Like, cool. That's awesome. I'll do that. That's fine. But at the end of the day, ooh, hate to step on your toes here. God's calling me to push you guys out of your comfort zones. Because I think a lot of times what happens is when we don't prioritize this this eternal calling that God's placed on our lives, we get content, we become a little indifferent, become a little apathetic, and we find ourselves sitting on the sidelines. I think we need somebody pushing us a little bit out of the comfort zone, and that gets to be me. Yay, that's fun. But how amazing is that? How amazing is it that God asks us to be a part of that process, that we get to have the privilege of being part of that journey? How cool is it that when we celebrate changed lives through baptism, that those are people that we know? Those are people whose lives we have shared experiences with. I've been able to tell that person my story. I've been able to invite that person to church. I've been able to be a part of that process of helping that person say yes to Jesus and see his life be changed. Those are the things that ripple through eternity. That's just me allowing God to use the gifts and abilities that God has given me to to send a ripple through eternity. And so we have to prioritize this, but I'm challenging today to personalize it. Ask yourself this question, who in your life is desperate for the hope of Jesus? Now, we can't be indifferent to that. We can't be apathetic to that. We can't just ignore the people that God has placed in our lives. We are the church. The church is not a building. The church is you. The church is me. And we've got a calling on each of our lives to use the gifts and abilities that God has given us to invest in eternity, 
And that includes sharing what God has done for us, sharing how he has changed our lives, inviting people to that same hope that we have in Jesus. Who is it in your life that's desperate for hope? Because how amazing is it? We get to be a part of that journey. You know, in Luke 15, Jesus tells the, the parable, the story of the prodigal son. And that's always been, honestly, ever since I became a dad, that's become a very emotional story for me because I just, I honestly just picture the prodigal son now as one of my kids. And to realize that in this story, one of the, the sons says, Dad, I'm tired of living with you and living under your house and your rules. I want my part of the inheritance. I'm out. And so the dad gives him his money. The prodigal son goes his way. And it says in Luke 15, he just squandered all of his wealth on wild living. It was, it was gone before he knew it. And I mean, that's what happens, right? When we chase after our own selfishness, the chase for pleasure, or possessions, or power, or prestige, all the things that the world offers us, when we chase after those things, it never satisfies, it never fulfills, and it always takes you farther than you ever wanted to go. And so in this story, the prodigal son, he squanders all of his wealth, then all of the friends disappear, and he finds himself at rock bottom. He finds himself feeding pigs, sleeping with the pigs, he has no shelter, he's eating the food that the, they feed the pigs, and he finally, it says, comes to his senses. And that's a moment of repentance where he realizes, man, even, even the workers that work for my dad have it better than me. I, I need to go home. Maybe my dad will let me be one of his workers and I can have some semblance of a normal life. And so it says that the son decides to go home and he's covered in the filth. He's at his all-time low. And he's just hoping that his dad will allow him to have a job and work for him. But that as he's walking home, the dad is actually out looking to see if this might just be the day that his son returns home. And as he sees him coming from afar, he runs to meet him. And this poor son who's been lost and hit rock bottom and is without hope is embraced by this loving dad. And who welcomes him home with celebration and says, my son is returned. He was dead and now he's alive. He's lost and now he's found. Let's celebrate what has happened. I mean, that, that's the ultimate picture of the love that God has for us. Of the beautiful moment that, that occurs when someone says yes to Jesus. And you guys, that, that is a beautiful and sacred moment that we get to be a part of. We get to play a part in that process. How incredible is that? We can use the gifts and abilities that God has given us to point people toward Jesus, to point people toward that moment. And so I challenge you today, prioritize this calling that God has placed on your life. Your gifts, your abilities, your willingness to use them can make an eternal difference. Personalize it. There is someone in your circle of influence, in your circle of friends, who's desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus? Who needs an invitation to a changed life? Who needs to hear your story? Man, I would encourage you to act with a sense of urgency, target that person for Jesus, and do everything you can to introduce them to the hope that we have in him. Paul continues. He says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, 
we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Notice this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's amazing. That means that each of us has a part to play. All of us, whether you're the extrovert who's greeting people in the First Impressions team or the introvert that's hugging your camera so no one will talk to you. We all have a part to play. God has given you a gift and ability. You have a part to play in the body of Christ. He brings us all together in unity. And together, we achieve this mission of uniting people with the hope that we have in Jesus. What a beautiful picture that is of the life that God has called us to. And i got to be honest with you, it is amazing to watch people who are going through this journey, who experience these moments where the light comes on and they realize, hey, I have something to offer. I can engage myself, involve myself in ministry, and use the gifts and abilities God has given me to to invest in people and make an eternal difference. And we have two stories that I want to celebrate today. Kelly Hunt, who oversees our cafe. Uh, Kathy, who oversees our volunteer central. Uh, you, need to, you need to get to know Kathy because, well, she's a delicious cook and she's making a lot of food for all of our volunteers. Yeah, there I said it. We've been bribing our volunteers. Now you know. And some amazing things have been happening because these two decided to join together and get involved in the life of the church. So listen to these two stories and get excited about how God can use you as you hear what God is doing in their lives. I love being around people. Just being able to make somebody a coffee in the morning that puts a smile on their face, or to see some little girl run up and she wants a donut so bad and parents, you know, might not be able to afford it. And I'll just kind of like yeah, look at them and I'll yep. be like, which one do you want? You know what I mean? Just being able to put a smile on somebody's face on Sunday so that they do know they're truly loved, that the people that are here want to pass on joy to them. I drove by this church every day and it just, you know, the spirit just called me to just stop in. You know, when I walked in that door, you could just feel the kindness and um, the welcoming, and you could just feel God's spirit in here. I actually didn't realize that I was missing God in my life. When I started coming to this church almost 12 years ago, I was going through um, a really rough patch in my second marriage. Once I started healing from the hurt that I had been through, um, I realized that I was missing out on a lot in life. You know, I just didn't have joy and I didn't have peace in my life. And I have those things now that I have Jesus. And my biggest lesson I think was learning how to trust something that you can't see yep. and trust something you can't hear. Yeah. Once I was able to get through that barrier somewhat, it was, it just made my relationship with God that much better. Yeah. You just mm -hmm. can't do it yourself. You know, there's like something missing in my life when I wasn't serving my Lord and Savior. 
we interact with each other more than what we ever did. So that impact of the fellowship with others has, has really changed my life. I love people's laughter. I love when they come back and they remember who I am, I, that they remember what Kathy is cooking. They're like, what did she make today? And they ask. The volunteers are more of a family now. We're all getting to know each other's names you know, about each other, mm -hmm. you know, because we're sitting and talking every yeah. Sunday. Connections. Mm -hmm. So there's been a gentleman, he's come in twice, the last two weeks, his name is Anthony. Him coming back and knowing that you can see in his eyes that he's longing and he's, he's wanting something and if I could be that person that can greet him, and he'll be like, you know what, I'm gonna come back again because Kelly gave me a donut and she served me <laughs> coffee. Then you know what, if that's what it takes to get people to come back, I, I like being that person, I'm good with that. Take the fear away mm -hmm. and give it to God. He will open your heart to want to serve. Yeah. You don't need mm -hmm. any skills, mm -hmm. it'll come. Once you open your heart and ask, God will provide those things. Yeah, you'll know, find he, the perfect yes. spot for everybody. Yep one Sunday a, a month, yeah. and you'll want to get up and go to church in the morning because you know you're going to greet or serve or help, and it's just a joy that you get when you walk out of here that you've done what God has wanted you to do. Yeah. I think that the staff is the one that gives the vision, and then the people that believe in the vision are what make the church. It's our responsibility to volunteer and to bring more people into this and to let them know how amazing God is and what he can do for you. I love those kinds of stories where the light just comes on and people realize, man, they're making a huge difference. Can we get it for Kelly Hunt and Kathy Shirt for all that they do around here? How cool of a story is that? And I mean, if you want to experience some of Kathy's food, all you have to do is volunteer on Sunday mornings, and there it is. I mean, there it is. You've, you've done it. You have won the game of life. <laughs> I, I got to encourage you today. Don't settle for sitting on the sidelines. And get in the game. Engage the gifts and abilities that God has given you to serve. Because, man, you get to be a part of that process of those who are lost being found. You get to see that which was dead come to life. There's no greater, than, no greater joy than being part of that process. And I want to push you today because to get to that point, you got to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And, you know, I'm going back to that phrase we, we were uh, diving into a few weeks ago. There's that reality that there's no comfort in the growth zone, right? If, if you're being stretched, if God's challenging you to step out in faith, there's no comfort in that growth zone. You're going to have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable because the reality is when you turn that statement around, there's also no growth in the comfort zone. If you're, if you're going to grow in your relationship with God, it requires you to deny yourself, to take up your cross daily, to follow Jesus. And I invite you to take a step, a giant step out of your comfort zone if you've been sitting on the sidelines and involve yourself in the life of this church. This is an amazing church family. And God is doing some incredible things right here. And so I'm just asking you, make it a priority. Personalize it. Who in your life is desperate for the hope of Jesus? And finally, I'm just asking you to prepare for it. 
Because the reality is, man, if, if I'm keeping my heart pure, if I'm doing everything I can to become more like Jesus, God's going to be speaking to me. He's going to open my eyes. He's going to help me recognize where I fit, where I need to use my gifts and abilities, who it is in my life that's desperate for hope. And keeping that in mind, I just want to encourage you with these final words from 1 Peter chapter 4. It, they just read as follows, and these aren't going to be on the slides or the screens. Just listen to what it says in 1 Peter 4. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I mean, he's encouraging you to give it everything you've got. Whatever gift, whatever ability, whatever opportunity God has presented to you, man, take that and run with it. Give it everything you've got. And so I close today by asking this question, what uncomfortable step is God asking you to take toward him? What is it? Where is God asking you to step out of that comfort zone and take a giant step toward him? We have these uh, cards this week uh, that you were handed out. And I just want to encourage you, this could be your step out of the comfort zone. If you've been sitting on the sidelines, if you haven't been engaged in any ministry in the life of the church, now is the time to dive in. If you're thinking, man, I could check out being involved in kids' ministries. I could dive into student ministry. I could be part of the First Impressions team or worship in tech arts or celebrate recovery. I want to tell you something. There is a place for everybody to serve here at Crossroads. And I challenge you today, this might be that uncomfortable step that God's calling you to take. Step out of that comfort zone, engage in the life of this church family, use the gifts and abilities that he's given you. There's no better way to live than going all in and investing in these moments that have eternal impact. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we come to a close today? And would you just take a moment to draw close to Jesus? to listen to what it is that he is speaking into your life? When we think about answering this question, what uncomfortable step is God asking you to take toward him? If God's calling you to take that step, don't ignore it. Don't be indifferent to that. Man, listen to what Jesus is speaking into your, into your heart and, and prioritize it. Dive in. Personalize it. Who is he placing on your heart that's desperate for the hope that we have in him? What are you going to do about it? I would ask you to prepare yourself. Prepare for it. Prepare for what God is going to do in you and through you and get ready to celebrate because he's been planning this moment for a long, long time. Let's go. Let's go all in. And I have to end our time together by just saying this. We began by reading through Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 which just makes an extraordinary statement, right? It says, for, it's by grace that you've been saved. The grace of God. It's not from anything that we do. He gives us a gift of eternal life. And it's all because of the great love that he has for us. All we have to do is say yes to that gift. And so if you're here today and you're realizing 
I need to say yes to Jesus. I'm desperate for the hope that he can give me. I want to invite you in this moment, you can say yes to Jesus. You can begin this journey of hope with him, and it's a journey that will change everything. And so if everyone would stand with me in this moment, I'd like to close by saying this prayer together. It says in Romans 10:9, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be forgiven. You will be set free. Jesus will change everything. And so if you'd like to pray that prayer for the first time, would you join us? All of us are going to say this prayer together. And this is a moment where you can say yes to Jesus and invite him to your life for the very first time. Let's say this prayer together. Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And listen, if you're here today and for the very first time you have invited Jesus into your life, or maybe you just need to talk to somebody about what it looks like to take a next step in your relationship with Jesus, or just need someone to pray with, we have pastors right here at the front of the room who would love to talk with you as we are dismissed today. Take advantage of that opportunity. If you said yes to Jesus for the very first time, we want to celebrate that with you. We have a Bible for you. We want to walk through this journey with you so that you can celebrate all that God has done for you. I tell you, God is good. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do here as all of us go all in, as we use the gifts and abilities that he's given us to connect people with him. Let's close in prayer together. Jesus, you are good. We thank you for this incredible gift of love that you've shown us. You've given us a gift that we can't earn, that we don't deserve. And yet here we are, just forever changed by the love that you have for us. You have forgiven us and you have set us free. And so we thank you, Jesus. God, I ask that you would help us to step out of our comfort zones, to embrace the opportunities that you give us, to use the gifts and abilities that you've given us to invest in your kingdom and to help change people's lives. God, for all you've done, we give you thanks. For all you're about to do in us and through us, we give you praise. We pray this in your name together and we say, amen.